do want to just highlight some things and maybe just challenge us in our next season going into 2021. We keep saying that God doesn't work in calendar years and we're well aware of that. Uh, but there are season shift and season change. And I do think there is a posture change for all of us that's required of God as we go into 2021. Needless to say, 2020, what a year, what a season, what a time. None of us saw this. Uh, I'm pretty sure none of us are aware what, what it looked like. But looking back, wow, what a year. I think the biggest takeaway for all of us is that we plan and God prevails. And if that's true, then can I suggest going forward, we do need to have plans, but we probably should hold more lightly to our plans and hold more tightly to the purposes of God going into this new season. And so plan things and we're going to keep planning and trusting and doing our utmost as we find our way through this. But the purposes of God have continued to prevail. And looking back, there's been amazing things. And I think next year we can chat more when we're connecting about what it is that God has done and is doing in this time and season. But let me remind you that the moment that we've been in, however long this moment has been, it has not paused the mission that we've been on. In actual fact, I've said this many times, I don't believe God stopped what He was doing in this season, but He, has, he had paused what we were doing, in a sense to remind us again of what He is doing, and again to remind us that actually without Him, we can do nothing. We cannot do anything, and it's been shown again and again. And I trust we've learned that lesson. I certainly have, hopefully, and we'll hold on to that as we keep going forward into the great future that God has for us. But what I also want to say, friends, is it seems like in this season right now, you've got three things going on. You've got man sinning at another level. It's like it's not even being hidden anymore. It's in the light and people are sinning like never before. So that's what we're seeing right now globally is man is sinning. Hopefully it's not us. And if you're sinning, repent and stop. But it does seem like the world, the people out there, this man is sinning. You've got... Uh, the devil raging. The devil's raging at another level, I believe, and it's real, revealed, and that's kind of thrown into the mix. And then thirdly, we see God is shaking. And uh, you put those three things together, man sinning, devil raging, God shaking. My goodness, that's the season we've been in. But there's some great lessons that we kind of have been learning through this time. And, and what I want to say, friends, is that there's the posture that's required of us, the four things that I believe God is bringing us into and brought us to. And the first thing I want to say is that we need to bow down. I know you've heard me say this, but it's not do one at a time. It's all four of these responses in the season and even going into 2021. We need to bow down. We need to come to that place of bowing before our king again and coming to that place of humility. So bow down is our one response. Second, and the next response or another response at the same time, simultaneously, is we to draw close. There's a drawing close to God. There's a drawing close to us, to people, to true partnership, to reality of relationship, uh, to reality of who's part of the local church again. And those things have been revealed. And so it's bow down, come close. There's also this lining up. And I think that's a lot of what God's done in this last year is this releasing us. I always felt, I said at the beginning of the year, I feel like it's a season of release. And then we went into lockdown. But I do believe God has released us from things to release us into greater things. And in doing that, it's forced us to line up back to Scripture, back to what He's called us to. Not being busy with a whole lot of other things, but coming back to this truth of lining up. But also, friends, it's a season to rise up. So in our season of man sinning, God shaking, and the devil raging, God says, bow down, come close, or draw close. 
uh, line up and rise up. And so let's keep living in all four of those as we continue going forward into this next season that God has for us. If you've got a Bible, I want to read uh, just one text, uh, one scripture, well, a portion of scripture from John chapter 15. And I realize that many of us have been reading from this text, certainly in this time and this season. But God really caught my attention a couple of weeks, maybe a week ago, in our prayer meeting, praying, thanking God for the season we had uh, in 2020 and the doors that had opened, even though we were surprised going into this, but looking back what God has done, but also then we began to dream a little about 2021 and God just brought this to my attention. I kind of stopped the meeting and said, hey guys, let's just listen to this. And there was a, there was a shift and a posture change that needed to happen. And I feel that's for all of us, friends. I, if you're living in this, that's great. But I do feel some of us perhaps at times missed what God was trying to reveal to us because we were so busy doing stuff for Him, which is great, but we missed this thing as we get to do it with Him. And I feel just for us going into this season, I certainly believe and I'm entrusting that we can build towards this again, that God wants to reveal a posture change, change your posture, I believe is what God's saying to us. In John 15 verse 1, it says, I am the true vine and my father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch uh, can bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, he can do nothing. And that's the lesson of 2020 for most of us, all of us. Verse 6, if anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. In other words, useless, no good, even doing all the things we do. If it's not in him and him in us, it's wasted. And we've got to come back to this again and again. Verse 7, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and I will be, it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Again, friends, without trying to unpack this, it's the fruit in our lives and ministries that show the world that we are true disciples of Jesus Christ. We can claim things, we can say things, perhaps we can even do things, but it's the fruit that ultimately brings the glory to God and proves that we are true disciples, followers of Jesus. As the Father has loved me, verse 9, so have I loved you. Think about how much that love is. God, Jesus is saying, as much as the Father has loved me, that's how much I've loved you. What a revelation, what a truth. Now remain in my love. Verse 10, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than one who lays down his life for his friends. So wonderful truth, great truth. But this is where I feel God's really challenging me and us going forward. Verse 14, he says, you are my friends. If you do what I command, the, the Passion Translation says, you show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all 
that I command. And then verse 15, here we go. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. The Passion Translation says, I've never called you servants because a servant does not confide in his servants. Uh, sorry, a master does not confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. Think about that. Servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my, my most intimate friends, for I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. Verse 16, you did not choose me. This revelation blows my mind. He didn't, we didn't choose him. It, it, just listen to what Jesus is saying. I chose you and I call you friend. Not you call me friend. I call you friend. It's just this mind-blowing truth that we know so very well, but I'm not sure. In all honesty, how much we've lived this and perhaps we've missed some of the things God wanted us to know going into 2020 that, that, that perhaps, again, where were the prophets? Where were this? Where were that? No, no. Where were we, friends, as followers of Jesus connected to him? Perhaps. And, and this was a challenge for me is that perhaps we were so busy being servants of the master that we were no longer being friends of Jesus. And the difference is, he says, I've made known to you, I've revealed to you. Why I'm highlighting this is because we've got a posture shift in our lives and ministries that of course we'll be servants, of course he's our master, and that revelation is needed. But he also calls us friends, and the reason he calls us friends is because we obey him, but also because he's revealed to us what he's doing. What he's doing. So going into this next season, 2021, how about we shift from doing stuff for him, coming back to we get to do things for him, yes, but more importantly, with him, and he's revealed to us. He's not holding out on us. He's not hiding things from us. He wants us to know. And maybe we, can I say it like this, next year there's some surprises, but let's not be surprised at every level because he's, he wants us to know some of the doors that have opened. He wants us to walk with him and, and, and co-labor with him as friends because he's revealing to us the, the master's business. He's making known to us what it is that God is doing. And then he goes on, he says, uh, you did not choose me, verse 16, but I chose you and appointed you to go. Chosen and commissioned to go into the world, it speaks of, and bear fruit, fruit that lasts. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So we need to go into 2021, me too, us too, with a posture of being friends of Jesus, not just servants of Jesus. Not just doing things for Him, but also get to do things with him friends and that's not cliche think about the shifting of how we go about it we don't just do this for him our way lord you're in it we get to do it with him he's with us showing us revealing to us showing us things that only he knows but he wants us to know so we can lead his people in the right direction he says i no longer call you servants but i now call you friends this is the ultimate promotion, friends. And, and, and I want to be careful because I've heard many guys talk about being friends with Jesus. It's like he's my buddy, buddy, and he hooks me up. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He is master. He is Lord. He is Savior. And those revelations are needed, and he needs to be that as well as friend. And this master, Lord, Savior, King of Kings, first place in everything, wants to be friends. And the reason he says you're my friends is if you do what I say, so our obedience 
shows him that we're friends, but he calls us friends on this basis because I'm revealing to you what my father's doing. In other words, you don't guess your way. I'm showing you. You know what you've been called to do and how you're called to lead. So Jesus gave them this, this ultimate promotion by calling them friends. Jesus promoted them by describing to them the difference between the two positions. Servants don't know what their master is doing. They are task and function only orientated. And obedience, I believe, is their primary focus. Friends have a different understanding. They're less concerned about disobeying. Although obedience proves we're friends, he says that. But they're more concerned about disappointing. Not just disobeying. I don't want to disappoint God. And I think that's a great way. Obedience is the key. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. So the disciples focus shifted from principles to presence. In other words, not just the principles we run with, but the presence of God. We get to connect with Him, not just do stuff for Him. It's a big deal, friends, because we can take principles and offload them from Scripture, but if they're not connected to Him, to His presence, to pattern, I believe then they end up destroying people and we run with the dryness of these truths and the, 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 the orders and the task and the, uh, rather than understanding who we get to do this with. So they shifted their focus from principles to presence. And I'm not saying get rid of them, just come back to the revelation of who we do this with and who we do this for. They move, their, move from functioning to friendship, which we claim is one of our values is friendship, not just function. Well, that's not just for us together. It's for us with Him, which is the ultimate promotion and friendship we have. So what I do for Him to how my choices affect Him. Think about that. It will change how we lead God's people, where we go and what we do and what we emphasize. So what changes? Well, what we possess. As we gain access to His heart, we, we, what we know changes. Everything changes. His heart is the greatest resource of information. Stop googling everything and go back to the Lord and say, my friend, you call me friend, reveal to me the inner most parts, things, the things that only you know that you can reveal to us going forward so we can be effective going forward as friends. Don't google things, go to Him and connect with Him and let Him show us the way forward for where we're at and what we're called to do. So what, we, what changes is what we possess. What changes is what we what our passion is, our passions change. As a friend, encounters and with him are very different to those of a servant. So I care more about my encountering with him as a friend. It's very different to than a servant. A servant gets in there, gets their commands and gets going. But a friend understands intimacy and friendship. and So it's far more intimate. It's far more important. It's not just getting the job done, although that's important. It's connecting with Jesus and walking with Jesus and revealing Christ as he reveals things to us, showing people Jesus, not just talking about Jesus. It's, it's more individualized, more personal. Divine encounters become some of our greatest moments. And I look back at 2020, some of the encounters I've had personally just with the Lord myself in my basement or in my office, in my study, just praying, walking. Those are some of the greatest memories I have of 2020 and you can't live on those moments but they help inspire us to trust him going forward into this next season i hope this is kind of catching your heart again and say yeah yeah we need this and that not just that but of both but there's a posture shift from just servants to actually friends and i want to go into this new season as a friend of jesus partnership 
our function totally changes. Not only what changes is these encounters, but our function. Our function is changing radically when we come back to this understanding of our friendship with Him. Instead of working for Him, again, friends, I now get to work with Him, which is the way God intended. And that's what I believe it means, abiding in Him, the vine and the branches. Not just go and have time with Him and then go do your thing. It's working with Him as we are fruitful into the season that lies ahead. Also, our position changes. This is a big deal. This happens in leadership and on this team and in ministry. Our position changes. What that means is, our identity is totally changed. Our identity sets the tone for all we are, all we do, and all we'll always ever become. That, that's what our identity is about. And so in this understanding and shifting of not just a servant, but a friend, our identities change. And here's the thing, friends. We're not just followers, but we're also friends. And that's great. And leaders who live out who they really are in Christ... Please understand this. We cannot then be crippled by the opinions of others. In, in, in reality, we care more what he thinks and we connected more to him than what others are saying about us. And I've watched in this season, I'm sure you've seen too, maybe we've been guilty at times, how many have kind of crippled some of what God had for them or for the church by allowing the opinion, opinions of others to determine what it is God's called us to. We've got to shift that again. Let your identity come back to this. You're a follower of Christ. But you're also a friend of Jesus. He calls us friend and he reveals to us what it is he's doing. So just how do we respond to the simple truth? Well, it comes back to setting your heart right again. What are your priorities going into the season? I know there's a lot God's called us to. There's a lot being revealed already. And I'm super excited about this next season with my arms wide open. I can't wait for this new season where some doors again will open and perhaps others have closed. But let's get on with it. That's in my heart. But let's just come back to prioritizing what really matters in, in response to what we've just heard and what we're hearing from the Father. Our response is simple this. There's too many things, friends, that are con uh, contending for our affection and for our attention. And if it's not Christ that we're pursuing, then I do believe we're going to miss this moment again. And perhaps we'll get some things done for Him, but not all the things He's called us to walk in going forward. And so prioritize number one make him the priority of everything and I, I we preach this we tell everyone else this but i'm asking you as leaders to get this in your heart again prioritize jesus right one of the things i've realized in this season is that we are too often governed by the work of the lord then we are governed by the lord of the work and so there's the shift again to say prioritize what matters most the work will change but he doesn't change and we should be growing in that revelation so make him again your priority my priority going into all seasons whatever lies ahead let's make sure he's the priority let's not be governed by the work let's be governed by the lord by making him that priority again and again secondly stay passionate about him the question i ask most leaders and i ask you again this today does jesus still take your breath away <laughs> Not does your ministry, not does your stuff, does Jesus still overwhelm you? Are you still overwhelmed by Jesus? If you're not, friends, we've got to adjust and come back to this thing of prioritize. And I want Jesus to be the one. Or is your walk with Jesus mechanical? Has it become, have you lost your passion and you become mechanical? It's just something you do. Now, I understand that there are times and not every moment with Jesus for me is wow, wow, wow. But I want to say, I want to live in that place and minister from that place and lead this team and lead people from that place of Jesus is the one who overwhelms me and he still takes my breath away. And, and I'm passionate about him, not mechanical, having it all lined up and just doing my duty. 
Jesus is my friend and I want intimacy. And he, more importantly, wants intimacy with us. And that's where that passion comes from. Thirdly, well, let me just say with passion, that thing is, you know, being with him is where our, our call is incubated or birthed or strengthened. Or, I don't know what's happened to you in this season, but I've gone back to him. And in that place of passion, it's in there that God's in, in, Jesus has enlarged me and reminded me and grown the call. So we're more convinced than ever going into this next season than questioning and wondering everything. So go back to that place again and again. Thirdly, be proactive. Again, simple truths. Are you proactive in your time with Him? Let me ask you, friend, are you living on stolen moments or are you seriously putting things in place, connecting regularly? Now, I know that lines up with the last two points, but it's a worthwhile question. Are you busy with ministry, busy hearing God for what He's called you to? Are you connecting? Don't live on stolen moments. We'll never be friends of Jesus on stolen moments. Connect regularly, put it in place, even in the season of Christmas going into New Year, and the future that lies ahead. Let's go there. Fourthly, pursue. Keep pursuing Jesus. Is your soul still satisfied by Him alone? Psalm 107 verse 9. For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. You know, friends, we know this. But if, if He doesn't satisfy us, we need people to satisfy us. We need spouses to satisfy us we need ministry we need recognition we need uh, 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 we need things something we something has to motivate us and those are dangerous things in ministry and i think in this shutdown and lockdown many of us felt worthless because we weren't able to be functioning in some of those things that we thought was so important and it's a good way to come back he alone satisfies the weary he's the one who fills us so let me ask you does he still satisfy your soul if not I want to ask you, shift your heart to come back to these things. Those things matter, but they'll never satisfy us the way only God can satisfy us. And even when it comes to, to, to spouses, of course, they're there to, to, to walk with us and we get a lot from our spouses. But I think most marriage counseling would reveal when there are issues in the marriage, it's generally because our expectations of our spouses are, are unreal because they're unmet, because they are expectations that only God can give us. So go back to that place. Minister and lead from that place, friends, going into 21. Not just going into it, staying there, going into the future that God has for us. Lastly, fifthly, are you pressing on and in with Him? I love Philippians 3, and many of us preach from it. One of my favorite texts. Philippians 3, verse 7, Paul says, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For those for whose sake I've lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. In verse 9, and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ and the righteousness that comes from God and His and by faith. Verse 10, I want to know Christ. It's his pursuit, his passion. Know Christ and make him known. That's our kind of our vision for NCMR, for each of us as individuals. That's our mandate here on earth. Know him and make him known. And Paul saying, I want to know Christ. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing forward. I, I want This is the pursuit. Is that still your pursuit? Because friends, he calls us friends and he wants us to have that posture going into this new season. I want to know Christ, he says, and the power of His resurrection. Many of us want His power but without knowing Him. But it's knowing Him first and His power and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings 
becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. So just as Tozer reminded us, he said this, in the effort to get the work of the Lord done, we often lose contact with the Lord of the work. What a tragedy. How easy that can happen. And again, friends, shift our posture. Coming back, 2021, this season we're going into what lies ahead. It requires of us, yes, to serve Him and be servants of Christ and serve Him as our Master. But I call you friends. I call you friends. If your life is about Jesus, then your ministry will always be about Jesus. So make this a life thing, not a ministry thing. And we're going to see way more fruit going forward into what God has. Let me land with prayer of St. Patrick. I just pulled out some of these things. It's just, I've been reading through the prayer of St. Patrick, St. Patrick. And let me just highlight this in our landing. It says this. And I've just pulled out. It's not the whole thing. He says, I arise today through the strength of Christ's birth and his baptism. Through the strength of his crucifixion and his burial. Through the strength of his resurrection and his ascension. Through the strength of his descent from the judgment of doom. As I arise today, may the strength of God pilot me. May the power of God uphold me. The wisdom of God guide me. May the eye of God look before me. The ear of God hear me. The word of God speak for me. May the hand of God protect me. The way of God lie before me. The shield of God defend me. And the host of God save me from snares of the devil, from temptations of vices, from everyone who desires me ill. And then I want to say, may Christ shield me today. This was his prayer every day. Christ with me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ in me. Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left. Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit, Christ when I stand, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in, the, in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. Wow, that's what I believe it means to have a posture shift I don't just do this for him. I get to do this with him as a friend.